on the Spencer the Pez, poking out at the cons, Renaissance vests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. <laughs> I've got nothing after that. Here's your host, Derek McCaw. Thank you, Lon. Thank you for all that nothing. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, here for the Fanboy Planet Podcast on Wednesday, January 9th. Hey, it's the 9th. All right. And we got a lot to talk about tonight. But Broadcasting first, live from... Um, well... Certainly. From Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real Suite 105 in Santa Clara, California. Which you can't actually get in through the 105 door. You have to go in through the 104 door. I always forget that it's changed to 104. I'm sorry. It's Suite 104 and 5? It is 104 and 5, but 5. Would that make 109? Uh, no, 209. No. Suite 209. Uh, no, 104. Uh, it's 227. If look, if they make it to 105, they should be able to see 104. That's good. Nice. Let's hope. Whatever, it's a brightly lit, a clean, well-lighted place for comics. For geeks. Because we can't say the only place Lon buys is comics Because I quit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here, I'm going to have it got too much. Mm-hmm. All right. With me, of course, is uh, we've got our semi-guest commentator, although he's been pretty regular lately. Thank I, you. I, Thank I, you. Thank downstairs. I credit the fiber. <laughs> Saw that one coming. I'm Michael Goodson, and I bring regularity to the table. <laughs> oh, if only you had. And there goes my announcer, Lon Lopez. Hello, children. Editor-in-chief of, of MoronLife.com. Yes. And 2008 is going to be a really good year for us. That's right, because my episode is going to finally show, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yes. We're actually, actually, I'm going to make an announcement right here. Uh-huh. We're tentatively titled to release our third season on the net and the TVs on February 13th. So check wow. your local listings. Thank you. I'm in that, right? Yeah. You're one of those. Not, I don't it. know about the debut, but yeah, you're, like, okay. I think you're in episode okay. four. I the, think. Matter, you know, the point is I'm, I'm there. And that's, yes. what, that's what matters to me. Yes. That's all I care. I don't like this part with me in it now. I'm going to wait for it to come out on DVD. Okay, of course you will. Well, there you go. And Get then you'll the start set. watching it, realize it wasn't appropriate for the whole family, <laughs> and then uh, forget about it for uh, until someone mentions Ooh, it a year later. Nice callback to people. <laughs> to something nobody knows. That's yeah. all right, you know. Hey, uh, who are you? I'm Rick Brett Snyder, and I'd like to say welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To my humble abode. Wow. Now I can enter freely and of my own will. There you you go. say welcome like Kirk says human. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> But now I feel comfortable and safe. So you thank go. you, Rick. That's because he's got his hand on your thigh. So welcome. Uh, <laughs> we've got uh, somewhat to talk about. Certainly a lot of movie news that Lon is very. I don't know if agitated would be the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. He is spinning bit. back and forth. A little, a little agitated bit. about a movie adaptation that's about to just uh, apparently ruin his childhood memories. Pretty much. Yes. And every other child's upcoming memories. Okay. So, yeah. Well. It's not good. What? Okay. Oh. Oh, so much for the tease. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Find out why Alana's upset in a few minutes. Uh, first of all, we do want to talk about comics. Uh, Wait, but before we do that, though, yeah? let's check in the uh, the uh, listener email box. Let's check for the listener email. Well, let me reach on into it. <coughs> ah, here, Derek, read this one. Viagra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Women uh, dig a bigger... D- uh, uh, uh. Three. V one Agra yeah. now on sale. So we we didn't get any. No, work. we didn't. Come on, people! Right, people! In. Come on! Aww. We know at least four of you were listening. Come on! Right. Actually, uh, yeah. Come was, on, Dave. I'm gonna mention. We, 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 Send we're, an email. we're gonna have a giveaway here, so you know, guys, again, have to listen. Uh, and this one's gonna stick in uh, in Rick's craw, but I'm gonna save that until the per- right time to stick in Rick's craw. Wait for my craw to be ready. So <laughs> comics, uh, we've got uh, of new things that are out. A couple long anticipated projects that I did review on the site already, but just to, to anybody get a chance to look at Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis's Hulk number one. Ooh, no, no, with the mysterious Red Hulk. Picked it up this evening. Okay, uh, I just saw the cover and some preview art, and he looks. He reminds me of the. Uh, isn't there like a Red Devil character in DC? That's yes. Blue Devil. Kid Devil. Well, it's Kid Devil Kid is Devil. red or something. But. Kid Devil is red. Yeah, it's in Carlton. Wendy and Casper. Harvey. Harvey. Harvey, 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 Harvey Comics. Oh, no, that's Hot, hot Stuff. stuff. Little, yeah. hot devil. little Hot Stuff. Kid Devil is in the Teen Titans. You remind me of Little Hot Stuff. Of Hot Stuff. Wasn't there another... Well, it's a lot less threatening that way. Yeah. Isn't there a guy like called Neuron or something who's big and buffed and red? Uh, Neuron's not big and buff and red. Okay, no. well, I'm thinking of somebody else. He's but blonde. It Hulk just looks like like a big like he should have hooved like legs and big mm-hmm. horns. He has, he has black and, fingernails. Yeah, he's definitely, black fin- he's definitely he's, a red yeah, Hellboy. He looks yeah, he looks yeah. like a devil. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And never actually appears in the first issue of Hulk number one. Oh, nice. That's false advertising. I uh, didn't read your review. What did you think of it? Uh, what I thought was that it was the false advertising. It was also a case of in order for it to work, it essentially rewrites the ending of World War Hulk. Oh, really? Yeah, what did you believe happened to Bruce Banner at the end of World War Hulk? Um, he was put on ice. Wrong. Uh, well, Sauteed? That's not what I thought? Yeah, that's <laughs> a, you're right for all the wrong reasons. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, basically, in order to make this story work, it had to, it created Doc Sampson with short hair, which I complained about aesthetically, because the point of his name being Sampson is long, long hair. hair. So, Doc Sampson with a crew cut, because I guess he's working for the military now. But then, if you cut Samson's hair, doesn't that make him weak? Exactly my point. So maybe it's just a you know no. metaphor. No, he's, oh. play, he's playing like a CSI thing with She-Hulk, and they're recreating uh, what happened in the death, the murder of the Abomination, and which apparently happened off-panel. And uh, She-Hulk is just bitchy and in a horrible mood, and just like everything he's saying. And if it's if it's supposed to be banter or bragging, Ed McGinnis fails to draw her with the slightest bit of amusement on her face. So it's just like she's just. She's just like a person you don't want to hang out with if you were super powered, you know. But wait, didn't the murder of the abomination happen way back in the in the Bruce Jones title? When well, that Jones? may have happened, but I think we're kind of ignoring that ever happened. It's a new thing. It happens on Russian soil. So there's a fight with the Red Guard, 
And oh, so Hulk didn't murder Abomination? Oh no, apparently so. But they, what bothers me is that they is that Hulk they oh no, kill. apparently so. Is, it, is that they, uh, <laughs> yeah, because that's the recreating. The Hulk did this, and then he took out a gun and shot him. What? And, yeah, that's what he says. You know, it's the unthinkable. He pulled out a gun, and so they have this imaginary panel of the Green Hulk, like pulling out a gun and blowing these huge holes away. What? In the abomination. Because the Hulk carries a gun, gun. with him. Well, exactly. <laughs> I don't know where he's keeping it. <laughs> Somehow it got past the pat down. In his purple shorts. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, and the title of the story, which appears in the last page, is Who is the Hulk in red? And I'm like, okay, but the bigger question is. You know, no one in the mo- no one in the story actually asks that question, though they know perfectly well, as we would guess from the end of World War Hulk, that it's not Bruce Banner. So why are they? You know, the, to me, that's the key question when you're investigating. If someone that looks like the Hulk committed a murder, who the heck is that? You know, we had a reaction to a number one issue a little while ago. Thor, um, Ultimate Three. Yeah, Ultimate Three. Uh, no, no, no. I was thinking Thor, where we really complained very heavily about the first issue. But in retrospect, it was the right thing for them to do. Do you think there's any way this is the right thing for them to do? No, no. Okay, no, because I, I do feel that once you read it, and you can get back to me online, whatever, email me or call me and go, "What? Yeah, uh, I'm outraged." In just that tone of voice, I will. Uh, <laughs> that. I, I think that there's enough that happens in this story that it is very clear that while well, yes, perhaps some time passed and and we're catching up with the status quo, it is undoing a couple of a couple Mistakes. of things that happened in World War Hulk. Wait a minute, Marvel's undoing something that they just did what? in a big crossover. They're setting a new status quo. Uh, uh, stop. All right, but see, stop. you know why it hurts is because. The Incredible Hercules started and continued very logically from World War Hulk. Right. And who writes that book? Greg Pak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even The Warbound, <laughs> though it's an unnecessary tie-in, also written by Greg Pak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Warbound, though unnecessary, still follows logically from what had happened. They're, he's not saying, you misunderstood something that happened here. This is what's really going on. And so I had a problem with that. So do we need a Jeff Loeb intervention? Is that really I think we I think we need to. But he's not. Mm. You know, mm. I'm mm. about to say something tasteless. I think because mm-hmm. I just read some story by Jeff Loeb, some comic book last week. Did oh, on no, uh, Onslaught Reborn. Just the, say the, something tasteless. Don't okay, the last it. issue of Onslaught Reborn came out. Right. And did you buy it? I just bought it. Today. Okay. It's not to give away the ending of the story at all. Oh, please it, don't. No, I won't. Mm. But there's dedication, uh, and it's to Sam, his son who died from cancer sure. a couple of years ago. Well, that's the whole series was. Uh, yeah, and so I feel like there's almost like Jeff Loeb is, you know, it's excusing. It's almost like you get angry at boy, this is terrible storytelling. This sucks, but it's for Sam. Oh, and you know, oh. and, and then I feel like oh, it's okay. That horrible tragedy happened. I mean, and, and it was a horrible tragedy. Yes. He can't write anymore. And when he His wrote that, died. when they did that issue that Sam co-plotted before he died, with with um, in Superman, Batman, and Jeff Loeb uh, got a bunch of artists to do it, and he, and even Rob Liefeld drew a page. And it was like it was the one time I liked like Rob Liefeld because I saw him as human, you know. And it's like that because he said it was for Sam, and I thought, you know, yeah, Rob Liefeld probably did know the kid and probably thought he was a cool kid, and you know. But on the flip side, at what point do we get to say, yeah, but you started sucking as a writer? Yes. Mm-hmm. And at what point is our sympathy supposed to save us three bucks? You can't play the Sam card over and over again. Yeah, and I feel like it's. I hate to say that because mm-hmm. I feel like a jerk. Saying it, but I do feel that that's what that's what's been happening, yeah. and it's just 
Uh, it was bad. And on the flip side, after we've talked about One More Day and how Jamie Michael Straczynski wanted his name off, wrote Thor, did it the first issue I wasn't impressed with, and then showed that it absolutely made sense. Yes, fine. Yeah. He released the first issue of The Twelve, came out today, and I reviewed that as well, and I loved The Twelve. Okay. Loved it. Well, it's like he actually has freedom. Aside from the, there is there is a oblique reference to the Civil War. Okay. And then, but it's clearly that he has. Well, he's got all these characters nobody cared about. That nobody cared about. So and now, they, and now they're, you know, they're kind of interesting. Yeah. He doesn't get a chance to focus on too many. Only three or four really get it. But, I mean, he makes every panel count. It's chock full of plot and, and, and not, but not exposition. I mean, it's like, it's really all through character, through great artwork from uh, Chris Weston. And it's like, yeah, that's going to be the book. And yet I felt like. Even though they did like a little preview where they reprinted a couple of the Golden Age stories about a month ago, um, I have a feeling that in in light of his comments publicly about uh, one more day, Marvel sort of going, it's here. Like every week, Marvel sends me a, 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 a an email with files of the covers of the books they really want to push, and the twelve was not in this week's. Oh. Hulk was uh, the brand new day stuff, and uh, and a Messiah complex chapter. And it's like suddenly it's sort of, and the 12 is being released this week. Yeah. And so. Well, one question about J. Michael, because you brought this up a couple times now. Is that, has he been successful within the continuity of any standard character that he's written? Because it strikes me that he's been most successful when he's been reinventing mm-hmm. characters mm-hmm. or writing brand new stuff. Like Rising Stars was excellent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All, Midnight and, Nation was good. I mean, that nation was fabulous, I mean, and and, uh, and a story like I had never read before. And that little TV show that Babylon, Babylon Five. Something. I mean, yeah. obviously six. Yeah. But Deep Space Nine. Sorry. Deep yeah. Space. Yeah, so, I yeah. think that's a that's I want, a raw nerve still. Yeah. I want I want Michael to do that <laughs> no, within uh, arm's reach of J. Michael. Yeah. Lawsuit settled, Michael. <laughs> Not pending. Settled. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So. But yeah, I mean, I, the whole thing with the Spider Man, the stuff is all his work in Spider Man's been undone. Mm-hmm. It's been and yet, but critically successful in its at least its first year. Hmm. But so many things have been undone, really. Yeah. And I'd like to just say that I've noticed we're about to discuss two other topics under the banner of comics, and you've already set up segues for both of them. Masterfully done, sir. Oh, thank you. Shall we now? <laughs> we shall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, the 12. Uh, you know, Saunter on. He has it. He topic. can read it. Uh, but I, I, I'm just going to say this now. Uh, pick it up now. I can't. I just, I'll immediately, I can't wait for the second issue of that. And that was such a nice change after having a preview pack that included Hulk 1, which disappointed me mightily. The end of Onslaught Reborn, Fairly. which I went, I didn't really care in the first place. Why do I keep opening this book? Uh, you know, and, because it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, What's the name? The, the, if it, if it, it makes Longbow sense to you? or something? Is that his? He's always on the front cover of the first issue of every re. Uh, oh, Shaft? Shaft, yeah, that's it. <laughs> the Archer. He's a bad mother. Shaft, yeah. <laughs> because, yes, Rob Liefeld also gets this week Young Blood number one, the fifth revival of the book that cannot last more than one issue. Yeah, two issues. Yeah. The last time it was relaunched two years ago, maybe, was Young Blood Bloodsport, where they were like uh, some kind of reality series kind of thing. Jean Claude Van Damme? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, Alan Moore even wrote it for like three or four issues, and that got canceled because of funding. Um, 
You get Alan Moore and you lose funding? Yeah. Which is, again, if, you, if anybody gets a chance to pick up, it's like because nobody else can republish them, uh, Checkerboard Press, that that one that's re- reprinting uh, cross-gen books right now, they have two collections of Alan Moore's work on Rob, Le- Rob Liefeld's Superman ripoff, Supreme, and they're great, great reading. And even Lon should go back and, and read those and probably have fun. Uh, no, he won't. He can't be bothered. He's too busy working on his street cred. Uh, so, uh, you know, yeah, young, and plus, you know, how does he keep, not only that, Youngblood is being printed by Image, the company he founded that got together and kicked him out for mm. being such a jerk. Well, fool me six times. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, did you flip through it? I flipped through it. The art looked horrible. And then flipped it into the street. <laughs> Did he do the art himself? I don't know. I don't care. Did someone draw his hands for him? Oh. Right, which is a, a, this the, the long-held uh, belief that uh, Rob Liefeld, if you notice his art, will often put rocks and things in front of people's legs so that he doesn't have to draw feet. <laughs> and, uh, and hands are often off-panel. So... Liefeld became famous before I got into comics, and he was yes. already an outcast by the time I started. Well, reading. yeah, because Image was already like ten years old. Why don't you explain reading. to me why he's famous in the first place? Okay, so uh, Rob because Le- of that Levi's jeans commercial. Yeah, because Spike Lee shot him in a Levi's jeans commercial. Um, he was. Uh, he started off as a young Tyro for I, I don't know some blue not blue water press but one that, blue comet blue harvest. Comics. Blue Harvest Comics, mm-hmm. sure. Red Leader Five, and uh, yeah, he did some kind of independent thing where, like, where nobody really noticed him. Then he got a job for DC for some doing the Hawk and Dove revival. I loved that, which actually was. I mean, it was a I good story. It was, it was a, a good it was an absolute, absolute uh, great rethinking of Hawk and Dove. By, he wrote it by Barbara and no Barbara and Carl Kessel, okay. and he penciled it and Carl Kessel uh, inked it. And then it has turned out, has come out that the rumor's gone on for a long time. Carl Kessel actually had to finish, had to draw the hands and feet for Rob Liefeld. So no one really noticed that flaw in the first. It was infamous mm-hmm. because apparently he was given the assignment to draw some several scenes in the chaos dimension. And he drew them sideways without being told that that was how to do it. So that, so because uh, he just, just he claimed that he had seen it before. And they said, no, the chaos dimension has never been portrayed before. Uh, would you please draw scripts the way you are told to? Especially because this is the DC method where they do break it down panel by panel in the script and say, you know, you, mm. <clears throat> uh, we want it to be upright when people are reading, not like they're looking at nude centerfolds. Sure. Uh, and uh, so uh, apparently they had taken that issue and Paul Levitz had to take the art, shrink it, reshape it, and cut it and paste it. In. He invented the widescreen issue before anyone else had. Uh, nice. Yeah, well, apparently it has turned out that... Uh, there was a Doom Patrol issue written by Grant Morrison where it had appeared, where a Chaos Dimension had appeared and been drawn that way per Grant Morrison specs. But again, the, the lesson was, which he never learned, was when, the, no Grant when, the, when the writer and editor do not give you a certain direction, don't take it. Yeah. You know. Um, Maybe follow the direction. Which has, been, which has been the thing that has plagued his career is apparently it's like he draws – as you know, for that Teen Titans, it was like three three yeah. years ago that mm-hmm. made Gail Simone, one of the best writers in comics, look like uh, the Vinnie Coletta of writers. And oh, that's hard. <laughs> I know it was. Oh, you compared her to Vinnie, Vinnie Coletta? Coletta? She was desperate. Darn! You know, I only she, wish I knew who that was. <laughs> Rick does. That's a. That's a. 
I have to walk a fine line and assume that some of our people, unlike some of my panelists, do know <laughs> they, something you, about comics. Pick up an that issue was like you, a geek put down. You're about 50-50 right now. Yeah. Yeah. You, you pick up an issue and you'd, the cover would be great. And you'd open up, you get it home, you open it up and go, oh, it's Vince Coletta. Well, if you know anything about like Jack Kirby's art, pick up the Jack Kirby omnibus, especially volume one. They brought, they decided that Jack Kirby's art, they spent a lot of money to bring Jack Kirby over to D.C. in 1970. And then had Vinnie Coletta ink him because they thought that his art was too outrageous and no one would like it. So Vinnie Coletta was like, you know, because you sapped all the energy like, out of the. He, Vinnie Coletta has like five faces and they repeat over and over and over. And he was the fastest inker in comics in the 60s and 70s. And all pencilers hated it when they assi- he got assigned to their books because they knew, well, our books aren't going to look good, but they're going to be on time. Well, now I can put down artists at Comic-Con now. That's awesome. I Way know, to right? go, Vinnie Coletta. I, know how to jab I don't know who you are, but you draw like Vinnie Coletta. You draw like Doogie Howser's best friend. The, uh, ah. oh. Anyway, uh, so, you know, but yeah, the thing is that apparently he doesn't follow scripts. He just draws whatever he wants. He said once, I'd like to draw whatever assignment he had. I'd like to draw a volcano. And the writer said, no, there's no volcano in this story. <laughs> and they got the art back, and it was set on a volcano. Nice. So, you know, uh, but what he's probably best known for, what made him famous enough that he could be one of the image founding five was that he uh, created Cable, took X Factor, or X. X Factor. New, new Mutants. mutants. Oh, right, right. And he turned New Mutants into X Force. Right. So it became the very paramilitary. So it created Shatterstar. And it was an edgy book at the time. It was for taking those characters off, and they were outside. He created of the Deadpool lawn. too. Yeah. Yes, he created Deadpool. So two of Marvel's for a long time biggest selling characters uh, and great, you know, kind of cult things is, is Liefeld created them. So mm-hmm. as soon as he got fame, and and you know, McFarlane, uh, Mark Silvestri, uh, who else was it? Jim Lee. Jim Lee yeah. and uh, Jim Valentino. And Eric Larson? Or no, and Eric Larson. Yeah, Eric Larson is yeah. so six founders. Oh, and Will Sportasio. Vinny Galetta. And Will Sportasio drew two issues of Wet Works and then disappeared from the industry for like seven years. When Image came out, I remember. Kind of like Vinny Coletta, huh? Near me. No, Vinny Coletta worked for like 40. There was oh. a comic book shop that they were so proud because they were only going to carry Image. What, was, what comic shop was, it was that? It was on Bascom Avenue. The closed near, one? Yeah. Well, they're no longer there, right? Now yeah. they're a juicy burger. But they were there for a couple of months, and you go in there, and it's like <laughs> everything, was, everything image. was image. But Image was a very hot seller. It was, it was, a, yeah. it, it was both the, the – it really launched the speculator boom and then uh, and then killed it uh, because it was like you know, they were the ones that definitely were doing a lot of multiple covers. And you know, yeah. Youngblood was the first thing out of the, out of the gate. And Spawn, and Spawn was the only thing that really stayed regular. Yeah, the first issue was just like what page after page of single panel pages, and almost all the characters were then ripped off. And they had—I don't remember really this this like anthology book they did. I think we may have mentioned this, where they had uh, a character who was meant to be a parody of Lobo, named I think it's Bolo Red Wolf. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was like he uh, he had a character in uh, Youngblood, I think. Who was a, a Namor ripoff, and he just reversed the letters to be Roman. Mm-hmm. It, it, but the joke was sort of like because he doesn't know anything about history because he didn't graduate high school, anything. He just started drawing, um, and he didn't really read comics. And mm. he just got you know, well, well what happens when you know an idiot? Well, the M M&M and M case, who apparently is hospitalized right now from exhausted, f- exhausted fatness, um, you know, is 
Yeah, he's like he apparently is like way over two hundred pounds, and he's bloated and Eminem. Eminem, yeah, really, yeah. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, so it's news to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not showing that picture with the article. No, they're not. No, they're not. But anyway, that's so just your me. street cred just went downhill. I don't. Derek knew something because I don't know it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I've just I've been really into Vinny Coletta right we're, now. So. We're t- three tangents off. Right I now. know. Would you stop just displaying your ignorance so proudly? Wave that <laughs> free flag plot. Ah. Whatever, Vinny. Anyway, that's the kind of the Rob Liefeld story is just this wild, and then he. Uh, so, a guy with no talent becomes famous, and then the other then and everyone then he, realizes he has no talent. He kept screwing. No, because his books still sell. The first issue of Teen Titans that he drew out of the two parter. Highest selling issue of, t- of Teen Titans to that point. Book sucks. Second issue, lowest selling issue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. And it's he like, was also known for his really bad proportions. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, like they're he, horrible. I don't. I don't think he was. Tr- he didn't go to art school, did he? Or no. Was he? No. Because yeah. like you'd have like a you know how like the basic standard Marvel style of drawing yeah. was like. A figure should be like what is it? Eight heads, like you know, the head should be eight lengths. Three apples high. Yeah, or something like that. So it's like his proportions were always like you know, you have little tiny heads, gigantic chests and quads. Yeah. Really, tiny a, calves, a, a lot of know. the bad things about art and character design in comics in the nineties, you can trace right back to Rob Liefeld because everybody followed, oh, everybody, everybody copied, copied him. him. Yeah, everybody copied him. And yeah, and then it's kind of like Jim Lee. How many Jim Lee style artists have you seen? Well, because both those guys Lee, yeah. who left, I mean, that's the thing. I've always thought ironic about most of the image founders. They left Marvel claiming they didn't want to be part of this big studio and that they wouldn't have read them. And and each and every one of them immediately turned around and trained a stable of of artists to draw just like them for little credit and, and little money. And basically turned to their own, turned around and created their own sweatshop. So they That's became what exactly was. what they hated. Uh, it, they, Sounds like a story. They didn't, they didn't even wait to be able to learn how to spell hypocrisy mm. before they began. Hey, it's a hard it. word to spell. That Two is H I. Already wrong. Already wrong. Doesn't start with H. No. So, but you know, Youngblood's back. You know, he was kicked out of Image. He says he left before they could fire him. It's been you know one of those things. He started three or four. I've different, had those jobs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, he started three or four different imprints that lasted less than a year. He had the rights to Battlestar Galactica for a while too. I think it was a Maximum Press. Hmm. You know, so it's like Maximum Press, awesome comics. You know, um, extreme pages, extreme pages, absolutely. Yeah, I, I remember back when that happened. Richard Hatch was very sad. He was very destitute. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think he got it back though, didn't he? Didn't Hatch get some rights? Yeah, back? Yeah, he got he, okay. got he got some rights back. So I mean, it was just you know, it, they ever going to do anything with that property? Uh, no, no, no. That's too um, not even sci-fi. They've had it for a while. They're just going to wait until like 2011, yeah, 2012. We forget about. I it. I mean, really, what could you do with an old 70s TV show? You couldn't make it good again. No, but Lordy, they keep trying. The other new status quo. Let's get back to an earlier segue. Was brand new day. The Spider Man thing started, and we got to see like they did a two page spread explaining as much as they dare explain at this point. They, they scrambled did. to release a two page <laughs> spread because no one knew what's good storytelling. F was you know what I mean? Right. That's good storytelling when you have to put a map out. I think you put a and then you put a pocket guide out. Yeah, so yeah. You yeah. You, you, it's like a you do have a degree in actual writing, don't you? Uh, creative art. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, writing was included. Finger painting? It was multidisciplinary. Fin- so, yeah. Finger painting? Uh, that was under fine art, yes. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, yeah, so we. what do we know? We know Everything that, from so. uh, Amazing Spider-Man 50 forward didn't happen. <laughs> uh, which which version of Amazing Spider-Man? Seven. 
Okay, yeah. Gwen is dead. We do know Gwen is still dead. We know that Mary Jane and Peter dated but broke up for some unknown reason. And the most important thing is that he still... Thank God Aunt May is alive. And and Peter's still living at home with Aunt May. Yes. And Peter's biggest problem, he doesn't have any money. Don't you love those I can really relate to a character like that. I'd like to read that book. There you go. Harry Osborne's alive and owns the coffee bean. Yes. Yes. And Mary because Jane. Because kids hang out at coffee shops. I can really relate to that. I think I could read that book. And he hates Spider-Man. Well, not to be fair. That's I right. do, too. He's and, and Peter has web shooters. They're a right. mechanism around his wrist that use web fluid to create the spider web. Hey, that's not like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a weird, again, conversation this past weekend. Uh, my son asked me to draw Spider-Man's brother so foolishly. I opened a can of worms and started talking about the Scarlet Spider. And, <laughs> oh, no. And explaining that to my eight-year-old, nice. then asking, and then I looked up on the web a picture of the Scarlet Spider to make sure, because all I could remember was the shredded hoodie. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty much all there was. Uh, no, but his his web shooters had oh, these huge the web cartridges that were just like huge yeah. bracelets. They like resemble the Black Widows. Yeah, Black Widows. Thank you, Rob Liefeld. Uh, and, yes, and trying to explain, well, what are those? And she, I said, well, web cartridges. What? No, what he did those? have stingers though too. They were did he, he have shot stingers? stingers too? The okay. Scarlet Spider had stingers. He remember shot. That. Remember when he was the Ben Riley Spider Man? Uh, dude, he was then he was such a better character. Yeah. than Yeah, he had other powers than did he? Peter, yeah, because he could like shoot balls of. See, web this is funny. Like, you you recall? I, uh, yeah, you no, Spider Man can still shoot web balls. Well, remember, it, yeah, <laughs> remember, he even <laughs> even did it in Spider Man Three when he was fighting. Uh, he had other powers. Oh, Ben Riley? Yes. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. so. I don't remember. I just remember. No, he didn't have other gadgets. He had other, other gadgets. Tools. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. But one, the one thing about this uh, brand new day uh, giveaway thing was the upper right hand corner where they're saying Peter's identity is absolutely secret. No one knows it except no for him. It. Not the Avengers. Not right. not, not Daredevil. Daredevil and, yeah, big hullabaloo and uh, no. newsarama. So it's not so, even Daredevil. So yeah, we just well to me but they're friends. But see, no, but to so, me the. Daredevil, the, the Daredevil's I mean, just going to have an opportunity. But that was to discover a great story. I, yeah, I mean, because I loved that when that actually happened in the comics when Matt Murdock put it together. And yeah. now it's like, well, that's a logical consequence of his abilities. Yeah. And if you're going to hang out, I mean, and as soon as they hang out together again, he's going to figure I, it out. And again. now I just realized what ticks me off about this is, of course, now Johnny Storm won't know it. Yeah, his but they're friends. Friend, <sighs> yeah, but they can be friends. They're not with even Spidey friends now. The mask it means those Hostess cupcake ads never happened. Are you tearing yeah. up? I am. Oh, the no, because I think one of the best Spider-Man stories in the past three, four years was Dan Slott doing that Human Torch, uh, Johnny Sto- uh, Human Torch Spider-Man five-issue crossover, uh-huh. which which put the Hostess Cupcake ads in. Isn't that where they go like on a road trip across the country no, and have fun? That's Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Oh, yeah. okay. But the the squishiest thing of all is squishy, squishy. Mm, I like the way uh, this is. This is the the uh, the, the um the whole continuity squishiness of the fact that people do remember remember. That he did unmask at some point, but they don't remember what he looked like. So during Civil War, he took off the mask. So he did take off in his front mask of cameras. Yeah. Well, yeah. we touched on this. Last if I week, could be so. political for a moment, we know that like um, our vice president, our vice president said that um, there was a definite connection between Saddam Hussein and the and nine eleven, and then was able to get on national television and say, "I never said that." 
and people believed that? No, we didn't believe that. No, I, I've seen John really? Stewart because enough show people, it many, many times. I know, but there's only about 15 of us that are watching that show. Oh no, there's oh, lots of us, millions. and we're going to rise up. Really? <laughs> and Alex, who Tuesday? <laughs> I like a sandwich. I mean, no, I'm, I'm just saying. You know, I mean, I, on one level, there's got to be a small group of intellectuals in the Marvel universe going, "Wait a minute." There's some sort of cover-up. Why can I not remember who on math? Because, yeah, some would have to. All the photos blurry. Somebody has to say, have our memories been messed with? I mean, there's got to be somebody has to. But how? Okay. Now, we all read comics, and there's a certain, what's that called? Uh, uh, Suspension of disbelief, right? Sure, but I just refuse anymore. Right, but then. You don't read comics. You didn't even know who Coletta was. See, I think they're just setting up the next big event. Okay. They're going to have this thing, whole thing about everyone thinking, well, what's Spider-Man's identity? Boy, I'm thinking crisis. Maybe <laughs> identity crisis. Well, there's uh, actually Stephen Grant, uh, hmm. the writer. Is that the right name? Stephen Grant? Um, Lou Grant. No, no. that's Wiener. the editor. That's oh, the editor. Okay. No, Stephen Wacker is Wacker. The, the name. You He's an editor. Oh. Uh, right. Stephen Grant, who does, is currently not writing for uh, Marvel, but did write that original Punisher that got Lon really into the Punisher, the Mike Zeck. Uh, and he wrote yeah. Moon Knight for a while. He had a column, and today he mentioned, he said, he, which I had sort of heard from people at DC, that 2008 is kind of the make-or-break year for both companies. Sales are up for both. They're doing very well. But they have now convinced everybody that it's, you've got to go to this breathless event-to-event-to-event event event careening from thing to thing. And it's, all it really takes is something like, apparently, uh, orders for Brand New Day dropped. Tremendously, and Joe Casada gave a huge snotty article interview saying, "Well, if you really want to see a universe where they stayed married, buy Spider Girl." And so it's kind of like the thing is, is like, well, okay, then if Spider Girl sales shot up and Spider Man books go down, I mean, you know, I mean, this is a group on the internet trying to get people to do that. I'm like, yeah, but Spider Girl's not really that good a book. No. I mean, it's it's cute, mm-hmm. and I certainly I have no problem showing it to my I daughter. It. I dropped it. Yeah, well, you know, you're you're in your late forties. And very late. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, but uh, but I'm just saying, you know, it's not necessarily for you. It's one of those kids. It's a good entry level book. Yeah. I got no problem with that. Uh, it doesn't tie into anything no, else. No, I'm just saying it doesn't really work for me. His suggestion right. doesn't really work for me at all. No. But I think the just simple suggestion is just don't buy Spider Man if you don't like what what happened. Okay. But yeah, I know. But <laughs> I'm out. Done. But I really, I, I really that it was a reminder of the old Marvel to me. Oh, not the old Marvel, the, but the last version of Marvel where they fired Bill Jameis for being so snotty and attitudinal towards fans. It's like when Joe starts doing that and saying, you know, it's like, dude, take the hit to the extent that on the Marvel chat. The Marvel Forum, they uh, have deleted all threads that are negative towards uh, One More Day. Wow. And said, no, One More Day was the last event. And said, if you have a problem with that, and I'll assume by extension, Brand New Day, people are complaining because nobody's read it yet until today. They can complain before they read. We do, don't we? Uh, But, you know, that they're censoring it and saying, if you think there's free speech, you're wrong. And it's like, okay, thanks for the civics lesson in cynicism and. You have so little respect for the people that That's are actually... That's an economics me- lesson, not a civics lesson. So there's no free speech? Yeah. Damn! It's a civics lesson. It's part of our constitutional right. It's a, it's a business I've been lesson. fooling myself, haven't I? It's economics because they're no trying civics? to make money. Everything yeah, yeah. they do on that side is to make money, it's not true. to let you talk. You can't, uh, you can't go on the company's website and trash them. Such as... We'll Marvel. not put up with that. Why should we pay to have you trash us? I don't know. 
it's just like the MarvelKids.com, which is filled with nothing but commercials now that are all preceded by commercials for the University of Phoenix. <laughs> you have to watch a 15-second ad for the University of Phoenix, Phoenix before you can watch the minute and a half. What does the University advert, of Phoenix specialize adver, in? I think is what they called it. They coined their, their new word for the, for the computer-animated uh, new content, which is the Tony Stark uh, Spider-Man crossover that's going to tie into the Marvel Adventures book somehow. So it's okay. advermation. Well, it's kids not, love to watch the University of Phoenix. Yeah, exactly. That's what, my hilarious. son. My son's like, "What's that? What does that have to do with Iron Man?" Not a blessed thing. It's a, it's a single mom on a train, and it's saying <laughs> you don't have to be stuck in the world you see yourself. I'm like, oh, is this one of those universities by mail thing? Uh, University of Phoenix it's is a very a, reputable uh, institution. Okay, uh, is it? I got my a, master's there. It's a chain. <laughs> yeah. Did you Did you get fries with that? Um, well, you had to pay extra. Uh, you you supersized uh, it. Proud uh, fanboy listener Andrew Preston is a graduate from the University I, of Phoenix. You, know, you I, take night school. You get it's to, better you than many. It, it, actually, as far as for, for what it is, it is it's fairly reputable. You know, I started off being totally serious with this question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we can't know. It's so hard to know. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's not. So, yes, you're right. It's a business. It's frustrating. At least the, at least the little computer animated film. Which was actually okay, you know. And little kids is like, all right, that's at least I can say that's a cartoon. We can piece together the three chapters that'll be on. But everything else is like, there's a trailer for the Fantastic Four movie. There's a trailer for Friend or Foe, the Spider-Man video game. There's a trailer for Spectacular Spider-Man, the new animated series. Uh, there's a, there is a commercial for Hasbro's Spider-Man toys. So you have to watch well, at least commercial targeting for the their advertisements. Yeah, but again, the, but putting the University of Phoenix for a site that is definitely for six to twelve, yeah, or three if they're dead. It's never too it. early to get a kid excited about higher education. That's that's true because he's going to pay for it himself. Uh, so because <laughs> daddy can't afford it. Well, think about all that money he's saving, not spending on comics. No, daddy's pretty much ruining no. that too. You know, mm. uh, but. Yes. Okay. So I understand, but I still yes I realize it's commerce, but to just kind of like be denying and thumbing is it's not the best attitude. It. What? D- didn't say yeah. I liked it. Okay. Okay. Good, because I'd have to you know get a little upset. Yeah. I know. <sighs> anyway, so that's what's going. On. That's what's going on with the with the brand new day. The the one one more day debacle. I'm actually going to give it a chance. You know, maybe they'll surprise me. Maybe it'll well, actually. God be bless you. And, but, well, and this is what and this what and it's actually sort of what Stephen Grant was saying is that probably the best thing that Marvel could have done is instead of making this big deal about yeah we essentially without saying yeah we know we screwed up they're saying yeah we know we screwed up we know we handled it poorly here you go so the best thing to do is just make the change quietly just say boom this is the new status quo. And here it is. But his other, he did on the flip side of DC, and I, I don't know, you know, as you said, everything that DC's been doing for the past four or five years is leading to Final Crisis, which means Final Crisis cannot suck. If it sucks in the slightest way. But be- you got the guy you'd want there, right? That's true. Grant Morrison. You got the pitcher you'd want on the mound. I, I bring do. it home, baby. Come on. Bring I it do. home. I do have the Restore pitcher. my faith in comics. Or. Don't. In which case, I'm kind of okay with you that. You got too. an Xbox 360, <laughs> which I got to say, I don't have it on my topic, but I just saw an ad yesterday on the Onion. I mean, or, or the AV Club. This is the series, so I know it's real. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, apparently, a video game version of Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, came out, and I really wow. yeah, look, yeah. Michael Arch and Eyebrow. <laughs> I'm like, I really what platform? Uh, so it's Xbox, it's Wii, and PS2. Okay. What do you do? Just sit and like debate? I, I think it's probably uh, what it is. People come into your office. And you make references things. to obscure Hanna-Barbera cartoons, and uh, it's not the game for you. You debate okay. whether or not it's a civics lesson or a business lesson. <laughs> yeah, <damn it. laughs> 
for hours. And Stephen Colbert <laughs> guest voices. Yes. There's not enough save points. And someone says, "Did you get that thing? Did you get that thing I sent you?" So I, I mean, I don't. I have no idea what the game would be like, but I'm. I was just something. You know like, what though? It, I must have it. It will have the best theme song though. It does. It, well, the show has one. Mm-hmm. I miss it. Anyway, let's go on to movies instead of television. Uh, let's talk about it's about something Lon does know about, and he's ready to rant. We promise this up top. Lon, GI Joe the movie. <laughs> this review <Wow>. just in. <laughs> you know, can you elaborate? One sound effect is worth. A we have been words. we have been following the development of this movie since we've heard about its inception. And when we say we, Lon is talking entirely about himself. Yes. Well, we've well, we I've, I've been following it through Lon. I've reported it on Imagine the some, podcast. Yeah, Lon so. is sitting there in a white gown and a crown and a little scepter. <laughs> <laughs> I am very high and no, mighty. Lon no, Lon can't wear white. Okay. Um, mm. There was just some casting news this week that was... Uh, oh, let me think. Is it the guy? Let me... Well, no, no, but it? before the guy you're going to say, they had announced that... Uh, I can't pronounce his name, but Mr. Echo. What's that guy's name? Uh, Mr. Echo? You know Mr. Lost. Echo from Lost? The guy from Lost. And Oz. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yes. Like Akeem Akadolajuan. Or, yeah, okay, let's not. I guess he's going to be playing somebody. But anyways, the newest <laughs> casting. Wait, no, who's he playing? Because I like that guy. I think he's playing Heavy Duty, which okay. is a gunner or something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, the newest uh, casting announcement was a, a big star. Someone who, a couple of years ago... You said, oh, I'll join you in a screening of his film, and I hated the film, and you went, oh, he's just so funny. Um, I don't doubt that he's a talented actor, or, or, you know, I loved him on In Living Color, and, you know, his his Wayans Brothers movies, I think he's, yes. you know, he's a fun actor, and I guess I never saw Requiem for a Dream, but everybody says uh, he was he's, great he's, in that. I've seen him in a couple of films where I thought, wow, it actually surprises me that he is a good actor. Mm-hmm. Oh, just say it. Marlon Wayans. <sighs> Yes, but here's the problem. Marla Wayans. Now, was he the tiny baby or was he the one that was carrying around? He was, yes, he was the tiny, tiny baby. He was the tiny baby. He was the midget. Oh, okay. in, in, in what was that movie called? Little Man? Who Little cares? Man. That's right. I was thinking White Chicks, but that was too far back. <laughs> he was, he's been ca- – now, here's, the, here's where the problems go, you know, in the in He the was toilet. a drug addict in scary, in scary Movie 1 and 2 okay. as well, the, the pothead. Yeah. So uh, here's the problem. Um, they're making a movie – G.I. Yes. Joe, mm-hmm. and they're basing the characters off mm-hmm. the real American hero line, mm-hmm. which was the most, arguably the most successful line from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so they cast Marlon Wayans as a character who, if you know the original cast of characters of G.I. Joe's, who was called, he was the Halo Jumper. His name was Ripcord. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. the character was a white guy. I mean, the toy, the action figure. Oh, now this I did not know. He was a white guy. And he was a Halo Jumper. So he was insignificant. You know what I mean? He was just, he was a specialist. They'd bring him in. He'd, he'd jump out of a plane, do Halo a little mission. Halo stands for high, high altitude, altitude, low, low opening. opening. Yes. Bird. I read that on the, the card. Anyways. G.I. Yeah. Um, Joe taught you a lot about the military. What's that? G.I. Joe taught you oh, a lot about Larry the military. Oh, Larry Hama, dude. He was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Ex-vet. Ex Anyways. Uh, um, so he drew that. Ripcord. Another artist you don't know. So, but, but the, the, the announcement now is that Ripcord is a, he's a military, uh, what do they call it? Like a, he's a specialist leader, a military leader now. And, uh, and his Marla- name actually is Ripcord, right? No, <laughs> that's his code name, silly. But um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what was that. You're word. silly. No, his like real name is like he's got like a weird like double like a 
illiterate name. Come like, on, uh, you are the G.I. Joe Zola. I, he's got an illiterate name? It's something like, it was like Wimpy <laughs> Wade or something. Poorly spelled. <laughs> no, illiterate. Alliteration. Alliterative. Alliterative, sorry. Yes. Um, so, but yeah. knows that. <laughs> I he was a comet. I didn't pay attention in school. But anyways, um, <laughs> so yeah, so here we have Marlon Wayne. We have basically this hodgepodge cast. Not really, and like, there's no, nobody's been cast as a main character yet. They still don't have Duke. They don't have Duke. Well, you even know if Duke's going to be the main Scarlet? character. They have cast as Scarlet. Who's she? I, some no name. Shelly Winters. Ray Park is playing <laughs> Snake Eyes. So, and it's just, so I don't have, I'm losing, I've, I've lost faith. You've lost faith. I've lost You've faith lost. in this project. It's gone. That's too bad. That's how we feel about Justice League. There you go. Right? I, 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 I fear that may be true about oh, Justice I'm, League. I'm pretty sure it's true. <laughs> so, well, because the rumors come out this week that now Warner Brothers is looking at it and going, maybe this isn't the best idea yeah. to do. Uh, on the heels of Ain't It Cool News printing this great article saying, Brandon Routh is still definitely Superman, except we don't really know that for sure. But, but nobody's telling us that he's not, so we must be right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and well, because there was this big rumor storm that uh, he was not going to right, be Superman. Right, we talked about that on last week. which But I, yeah, that was actually referencing the Justice League film, which we already knew. And saying that they were going to spin, though, from Justice League. That it's pretty certain that Brian Singer will not now return for this, mm-hmm. uh, whatever next Superman film, which we all agree would probably be a good thing, as much as we like Brian Singer. Tired of his extension. As long as they of, get Brett Ratner to replace him, that'd yeah, be great. That'd be a good... Yeah. I, I, oh, I'm hey, thank that. you for taking my, my ashen dreams <laughs> and somehow making them more ashen. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, they're saying Justice League that Warner Brothers having second thoughts because, of course, thanks to the writer's strike, they can't do any work on the script. I've heard a couple of people complaining about that. I think the guy that – not the guy that wrote Thor. There's some something that they're filming right now that they're very upset that they'd like to do changes and can't. Warner Brothers is starting to get really nervous about the casting and the money they're spending, but which is always something that doesn't make sense to me because when you got back to Superman Returns, like Superman Returns after, what, 10 years and about $150 million – in just development, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, look, you got this far. I, yeah, well, I look, believe they described the cast so far as mediocre, mediocre at best. Yeah, but didn't Warner do this, or didn't they do this a few years ago with the whole Batman Superman movie that was proposed? They had a screenplay. That's all they did. They hired a director, but it was not a payer play. They really didn't lose that much money on that. The but problem saying they have a history of starting projects and not finishing them. Oh, Hollywood does that all the time. Right. right? I mean, That's why I can't wait to see Supermax. From the WB, okay? Uh, yeah, we, we can wait. Um, yeah, you okay. know, I mean, but that's better than starting it, going all the way through, and making a bad film because then you don't see another one for twenty years. I mean, yeah. and you can. Well, I like bad movies, so I don't know. Mm. I mean, because I think one of the writers guild, one of the producers' arguments against the writers guild is a lot of people are out of work, and so even though it's Australian, and I, I don't, it's an Australian uh, production. Uh, basically, it's like you know there are craftsmen, there are people in the in the. That in the Australian film industry that are like, hey, no, I have this job for the next year. And now you go, boom, no. You know, and then... Sorry. Like, All because they don't want to give mate. their writer four extra cents. Yeah. Uh, so. you know, yeah, blame the writers. It's their bad. I'm not blaming the writers. No, I think you are. I'm I think there's some hostility. I'm, I do have hostility. I don't have a hostility towards the writers. I'm on their side. Okay. All right. Look. I just want them to get what they want as soon as possible so they can get back into banking TV shows. Absolutely. And my Golden Globes. Amen. I want more episodes of Big Bang Theory. Mm. Me too. I, I do. 
I want more episodes of Chuck. But I'm sure they're at home writing them, just waiting for the spike to be settled so that yeah, they can't. They can unleash them. You know. They can't. Hey, I know. I spent all weekend now that the strike's they over can't. writing this. And it's hurt me with scrubs, definitely. Did you guys see the Colbert report last night? Yes. He had an old script that right. was dated like <laughs> before the strike. Yeah. So they, they He said, Jimmy, we should hold on to this until the moment where we are in a crisis and let's run it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. I just yeah. I did like, though, on Letterman. Uh, the, he had the beard when he came back, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right? So they're they're shaving the beard off, and I forget who was who said, uh, you know, Dave, the, shaving the beard off. Tom Hanks. Oh, it was Tom Hanks shaving the beard off? Is that something that shows with outriders? Let's <laughs> <laughs> all just suck it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so bad that Jimmy Kimmel and Jay Leno were going to be guests on each other's shows this week, yeah. and they don't like each other. Yeah. But that could be interesting. Their solidar- yeah, apparently Kimmel is just long-standing. Feud that he started. Then they can just sit there and spit at each other. That'd yeah. be great TV. Well, okay. All right. If you say so. Tie him uh, to the wrist and hand them both buck knives. I uh, know. You know, other, awesome. Other great TV that's going to movies. Uh, they announced Ice Cube is going to play B. A. Baracus in the eighteen. It's not. It's not announced. It's. It's. it's I think it's been offered or it's a rumor. Uh, he said he'll do it. Okay, but it's he said he'll do it. He'll do the Mohawk, but I don't believe he's actually been offered the part. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind yeah, of I one just of read the, the article. You yeah. did. Yeah. So you it's did. not like well, confirmed. Confirm. Well, let me correct you right now. Okay, go ahead. Why don't you? Fine. He, he's not been confirmed. Well, great. Are you said, sure you want to do that now? Because you've used up your rightness for 2008. Damn. <laughs> so. All right. I would like to see Ice Cube in a Mohawk. I think that'd be kind of funny. Do you think he'd play it like T, or do you think he'd play it as Ice Cube? Uh, I, I'm hoping like Ice Cube, I mean, because it's part of me that goes, well, I mean, that's good casting. On the other hand, it's like, this is the guy, it's one of those where you look, where you just think, did you? Did they think 20 years ago that's what their career was going to go? When he was in NWA, yeah. someday I'm going to play B.A. Baracus. Yeah. No, but he's. Did he think he was going to do? Are we there yet? I oh, mean, no, but he did say, you know, it's, he says it's not a dream come true. But it's, it's money. But it's fun. After Cuba Gooding Jr. won the Oscar, do you think Snow Dogs was at the top of his list? Hey, Snow Dogs made a lot of money. But did Mr. So, T uh, think someday I'm going to do an EverQuest commercial? Yeah, you don't no. really <laughs> think about the future when you're on, you know, top of your game. You know? know. Here's the other thing: is that do you, if you go to the A Team movie, are you expecting to see a guy doing a Mr. T impression or someone bringing something new and fresh to the role? A then guy again, doing a Mr. T impression. Then again, when you go to <laughs> like, then when you, you go to see, see an Mr. T movie, you, you're like you're, you're not expecting high art. You know Mr. What I mean? T had better play his dad. That's all I can say. <laughs> the A team's all been destroyed except for Mr. T, who must now reform the team. The B team. <laughs> <laughs> the B team. Awesome. Oh my. Mr. T plays his dad and needs to get him on the plane, so he gives him the milk. Brilliant. <laughs> I remember that episode. <laughs> No, I would love to have episode. it where, like, because I've only watched one episode. <laughs> I love to have Ice Cube like sitting on the couch, like rolling a doobie or something, and then T comes out of the bathroom spraying the, uh, you know, the sanitizer uh, spray, you know, like a uh, Friday. That's what I want to see. Nobody seen Friday here? Anybody? <laughs> we you look, whiteies. I believe last week you accused us of not being black, and therefore we couldn't indulge in such cultural. Uh, All I know is my brothers out there will know that's funny. So. Great. Okay, you're gonna go see uh, next Sunday or whatever the, the um, Friday after next. Yes. Yeah, there's a Sunday something. Cat right. Williams is hilarious. I have no idea who that is, but man, I'll eat my words. Oh well, the brothers out there do. So. Yeah, whatever. I forgot you were black. Okay, so 
Uh, and they've also confirmed, I don't know if this means that uh, there's a crossover to Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, there's a crossover to Iron Man, but Hulk definitely has a confirmed cameo from Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Where Thunderbolt Ross is looking for some sort of Hulkbuster armor and goes to Stark Industries. So making a tie-in. Definitely. So do we see Downey in the universe? Downey says, armor? didn't you read I, Planet Hulk? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no good. <laughs> He's going to peel me like a grape. Uh, it, um, yeah, I, I, I don't. That's not quite the crossover I was hoping for. I don't think you're going to see me. I, I didn't want a Thunderbolt Ross, Tony Stark crossover. I, I want a Hulk Iron Man crossover. Hey, hey, there could still be a cat in the hat. Were you, you re- were you really holding out for that? You betcha. Did, did you I think was. that they were going to have at the Damn end? Of, straight. At the end of the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man flies in and goes boom. Oh, I'd love it, but it's not going to happen. That's you got to establish again. This is back. And if to, they were, they'd be hyping it. Yeah. Well, but they're building up for an Avengers film. So which Favreau said, you know, you don't, you don't. Mm. I mean, it's like it is. It, it's almost. Unless the unless they buy the property that actually has the the team built in, it's like you wouldn't have made a Transformers movie with just Optimus Prime. No. So you know you can make an Iron Man movie with with Hulk. Come on, or just say if at least at the end of Iron Man, there's like a phone call. Tony, would you help us? There's a huge you know there's this big green monster rampaging, and we <laughs> we would all giggle like like girls. Set it up like at the end of Batman Begins. Yeah, yeah, you know, with the Joker card. Oh, yeah. that was a brilliant ending, wasn't it? Ah, remember when movies were good? Yeah, <laughs> I do. Good times. I do. Good times. Uh, Speaking of good movies, Meet the Spartans comes out in a couple weeks. Who's gonna, going? Lawn. Oh, well, nobody. Since, oh. You know, I saw the commercial before I saw the title. I went, "What epic movie two? How the heck did that happen?" Because they they have like a Spider Man parody in there too, and I'm like, "Oh, lordy." Uh, so, so this is by the that by the genre same. must work. I mean, that just I liked it. It doesn't. It doesn't cost a lot of money to make, and and be, all it takes is for Lon to go on the Spook opening pop culture for right? Lon to go on the opening weekend and say, "Hey, Derek, come with me." That's. Twenty think, bucks right there. <laughs> I think Epic Movie was the best one of that of that whole franchise series theme since Scary Movie One. And Scary Movie One, I thought was really quite inventive and I've interesting. I've actually laughed at all the Scary Movies. Yeah, I thought Scary Movie Four. Actually, I like Scary Movie Four better than I liked Epic Movie. Okay, because I thought Scary Movie Four actually had a plot, which is a weird thing to complain about, but <laughs> <laughs> in this kind of film. But I've got it. So I'm giving Meet the Spartans props for actually having a title. Like that <laughs> instead of, you know, epic movie two. Yeah. You know, so. Hey, plus, you know, you got to give, you know, all these B and C list actors something to act in because, you know, they can't get parts of other do movies. a Harold Kumar movie yeah, every yeah, you know, five yeah. years. I am so looking forward to that film. <laughs> yeah, I saw the commercial finally. It looked really good. Yeah. What would NPH do? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so we have that. Now we go to television where television wasn't good anymore. But luckily, uh, Fox. These are the dark times. Several networks <laughs> did bank episodes of shows, and, and their mid-season replacements are literally now just new seasons starting in January. So we have, like, new prison break. I think 24 has been completely off the rails. Yeah. They never finished that, yeah, and they couldn't done. stop that. So, uh, But we got the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which we did mention last week. Yeah. Rick pointed out that we really forgot to. When I was editing it, I realized we kept on saying Summer Glow, Summer Glow. Oh, she's so hot, you know, but we never actually clued anybody in to who she had played before, and that was, of course, River, 
on Firefly. And but really, she is so hot. She is. But and and now you can go. Oh, oh that's that who it is. That's that who it is. Yeah, you're right. She's, she's, got the, she's got the fighting cred. I mean, we've already yeah. seen her as as being to fight like a Terminator mm-hmm. in the uh, film Serenity. Serenity. Yep. Um, I gotta admit though, and she's the, got the creepy look too. She does, but on the commercial, she doesn't look creepy in real life at all. Though, no, oh, she's wonderful. If but, you uh, if you ever get a chance to see her in person, do because <laughs> well, she is. We have a photo on Family Planet in the Joss Whedon article from WonderCon about two years ago. Um, but the commercial has her saying the one of the two classic Arnold Schwarzenegger lines. I'll be back. No, the other one. Come, come with me. Come, come with me if you want Hasta to live. Vista, baby. No, uh, no, oh. no. Cause, uh, yeah, come with me if you want to live. And it's just sort of like, really? They're all programmed with that. They they all are. <laughs> Apparently. But how come she didn't get the Austrian accent though? She's Later model. Oh, okay. Right. You do understand the Austrian accent is a form of Arnold Schwarzenegger's limitations, not uh, <laughs> well. If there was a series of that there's model, never, there has never that, there has been model. A, a bunch of those. The, the, the ones that look like the ones yeah. that look like those Arnold Schwarzenegger. That, that whole Robert Patrick didn't have a, an Austrian accent in your face. He was a later model that could turn into and liquid. So was she. She's a later. Mo- I thought she was. The a- timeline has been completely changed. Oh, Come on, dude. Okay, sorry. catch up here. I just thought there was an Austrian programmer for all the Terminators. <laughs> I mean, <That's> all. <laughs> those chips got dropped on their head when they were. Uh, I mean, because okay. one of the yeah, Philips did those chips, and then yeah. there's a. They released a firmware. There's AM, Intel AMG chips, and then there's some AMD chips. Um, I want to see the Apple Terminator. No, wait a minute. If there's a female Terminator, could you really? You know, could you could you do other things with it? Is what I want to know. Does it have USB ports? Is that That's okay? what. Yeah. Can, does it plug and play? It's got FireWire. Oh. And oh. Uh, you, my friend, had better get uh, inoculated. For no, that. you can't do anything with it. Because <laughs> oh. again, Lon, it's all fictional. Because well, if I think about it, if T two had have been a female one, it's like I am your Terminator. And he's like, oh, I have my own little Terminator. Well, if you were a teenage boy and you got Summer Glau coming to you, oh yeah, I will do whatever you say. Oh wait, she wouldn't talk like that, but you know what I mean. Like Terminator Two would have been a totally different movie. You know what I mean? I would bet at least twenty dollars that that is addressed at some point. Awesome. All right. Uh, Yeah, it's like well, they didn't didn't get through the whole whole uh, first season of Star Trek: Next Generation before Data said, "Yes, I'm fully functional." Mm -hmm. Right. So Uh, you know, and and even seven of nine. And the other thing with the with the Schwarzenegger Terminators, if you recall, in in Terminator Three, they did explain why they kept sending Schwarzeneggers back. They actually had a logical reason for it. Contract. Besides that, familiarity. Familiarity right. was because oh, yeah, they yeah, yeah. because they felt that uh, that he that uh, John Connor would trust the Schwarzenegger appearance, and so even though the even though we saw a that, different one, yeah. the, the evil one first, it was it was still modeled after it was not the first one that had been sent back. Right. So uh, it just had been sent back the earliest. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, that's kind of an interesting little twist. And I think maybe that's one of my problems with the about not getting too enthusiastic about the series is it's hard to watch a series where you know that the logical ending is we lose anyway. Or do we? Thus invalidating, Termi- Thus invalidating Terminator 3? I'm I almost so got ready killed by Goodson in that. <laughs> so ready to invalidate Terminator 3. I risked my life seeing that That's movie. true. We saw it together, and I almost got him killed by bikers. No. All right. Maybe it'll change things. And if it's good series, then it will. I, I, Just, three and un- if it runs for eight years, you got to change time anyway. See, three undid, too. 
So well, I'm and ready true, for and an actual real life undid undid two because 1997 came and went before they did three and 19 uh, August 29th 1997 was the year Skynet took over. Yeah, well, it was the date. So yeah, change the name to Google. <laughs> Google took <laughs> over. Ah, okay, <laughs> so the Google form this was the speaking, beginning of the Terminator. Speaking of evil empires being overthrown, <laughs> here's the Fanboy Planet contest. I've got two Blu-ray discs to give away: Ratatouille and Pirates of the Caribbean. What would I use a Blu-ray disc for? Exactly. Well, since a coaster. Since Warner Brothers announced that they are abandoning the HD DVD format, and that most pundits in the mainstream press are now saying HD DVD Microsoft's format is dead. The end it's of the format Microsoft's wars. Format. Yay! Yeah, it, I, I like Microsoft's response, which is in ten years we're just going to be pushing it through the internet anyway. So you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right, maybe. Because I like having cover art. I don't know why. I just like having something solid. But I'll die soon, so it's okay. Uh, but anyway, we have, uh, well, when the Terminators take over, there's no way I'm surviving. Uh, They're going to zoom in into your brain. Yeah. I thought we had I thought we had identified the fact that you could use Spanish to confuse the Terminators. That's right. So right. all you have to do is get a little grade school Spanish in you and you're okay, fine. Okay, fantastic. Wait, the Hola. other thing about the Terminator, did we talk about this on the podcast, but remember when he asked if she was Sarah Connor? If you would have just said no, no. would he have walked away? Yeah. Did well, we talk about this? He'd still kill you. Really? Oh, yeah, he okay. killed he because he killed the roommate. He killed like Sarah Connor. No, he killed the boyfriend. And I'll be back. You know he, killed I mean? lo- <laughs> he killed a lot of people. I'll be back. He didn't just kill Sarah Connors, but he always asked him first. Yes, Sarah Connor. But I mean, really, if no, you were approached by she's a- over there. She lives <laughs> down the street. If you didn't know there was I'm a trying. rash of Sarah Connor killings, would you have said, you know, <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, you're that guy going around killing Sarah Connors? Landshark. Landshark. Terminator. Anagram. Anagram. <laughs> uh, no, I'm actually Sarah O'Connell. Uh, yeah, Mongo oh, just sorry. on in Game of Life. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we've got a we've got a couple of Blu-ray discs to give away. Which ones again? We've got Ratatouille, which is if you if you want if you want to actually watch that's that one about making rats into food, right? Feel good movie like of the that. year. If you like, like rodents told, touching your food, to- watch Ratatouille. Boy, you know how to sell a movie. Right Ooh. behind Enchanted, it was Derek's top pick for 2007. No, it wasn't. Oh, come on. But I did enjoy it. I did absolutely love it. Although it, they touted it as the best-reviewed film of 2007, which I guess technically is... They'll tout anything as anything. And, and what's the other premium coaster? I mean, premium uh, Blu-ray disc? This is it? funny. Now, they've also asked me to run a little YouTube film in which uh, the HD DVD drive is used as a coaster. So, ha-ha, suck on that. No, I mean, you guys, it's fighting both sides. Can't we be friends? Can't we just, you know... No, these but, are the format wars. These <laughs> They have begun. and uh, Or they have ended. What's uh, the other one? Is Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, uh, the first one, it. Curse of the Black Pearl. I know you did, but you know what? Not everyone did. I know. In that's fact, fine. Hey, fact, whatever. Most people loved Don't it. agree with me. Most people loved Mass it so much of that, people. that the Disney amusement parks had to completely redo their rides. They were due. For a Johnny Depp? Yes. I think we yeah. should put Johnny Depp in every amusement park attraction. Johnny Depp is the abominable snowman. Johnny <laughs> Depp on <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. Captain EO with Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, <that'd> be- <laughs> that might be worth watching. Mm. 
Captain mm-hmm. Depo. Although I don't Ooh. think I don't think any of the parks show Captain EO anymore. There's this little no, problem that the Disney Studios have with um, featuring a, an accused child molester. <laughs> Actually, more on life is like to make C- another C- announcement. C- C-3PO <laughs> Johnny Depp and the Song of the South. We're actually remaking of, uh, Captain EO. Flash Mountain. So, yeah. uh, look C-3PO for it. does still host uh, Star Tours, and you know, I so. thought Star Tours got retired. Nope, no, Star Tours still is there. still there. And you oh. know, uh, they're going to redo it. Trivia: uh, When you're in the ship, when you're in the Star Tours, you're, yes. you're the the pilot, pilot is, is Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens. Rubens. Yes. Yep. I did know that. And at one point he says, I meant to do that. Mm-hmm. Does he really? Yep. And then at the end of the ride, Wait, he how, touches himself. When was the last time Paul <laughs> Rubens was relevant? Oh, He's a regular on Pushing Daisies. He's relevant, baby. Sorry, I haven't watched that show. You should. He's the original vampire no, I don't think, Buffy the Vampire. I don't so. think Lon would, would like... He is one of the one original of the vampires. Yeah, he's not the main vampire in, he's in the He's the best movie. vampire. Yes. I don't think Lon would like Pushing Daisies. It's too whimsical. No, I saw the first one and I thought he it was like... He doesn't like whimsical. Eh. He doesn't like whimsy. He just doesn't. No, I was, thought not, it was good, but I don't know if I could follow it as a series. I like Chai McBride. I love Chai McBride. Oh, so. he's great. Which re- reminds me, did you get a chance to watch the Brothers Saw? I have yet? not yet. But Chai McBride is amazing in that film. Is he? He is okay. hilarious in Amazing, that movie. really? Amazingly hilarious in that movie. Oh, okay. One scene just killed me. Just I killed saw me. him in, uh, did you ever see that movie, Let's Go to Prison? No. Surprisingly, like, not good, but surprisingly funnier than I thought. Many of the same people that did the the Brothers Solomon. Oh, okay. But it was one of those where I was watching it at a friend's house just because there's nothing else to do. And we were laughing the whole... I was like, I thought it was hilarious. But, you know, it wasn't a great movie. Yeah. But... same thing I feel funny. about what Chris Garcia recommended the ten a couple of weeks ago was his one of his top three of the film yes. uh, of the year. Yes, very good. That was very Garcia like. Yes, yes. Uh, and I watched it. Uh, and I thought it was amusing. And on the other hand, I'm like, it's one of those Garcia things where you're going, you're just doing that because no one else is going to say. Uh, it's yes. You want to look smart. Yeah, uh, but it, it, that was an interest. Actually, it was funny, an interesting film. I have to rewatch a couple segments because I mean. It, it's perfect for that state sense of humor that if one concept is just not working, it soon changes with being the Ten Commandments. Based on Brian Michael Bendis' run on Daredevil with the uh, the, yes. the camera on. Uh, not really. It's some other artist did that in the 50s or 60s or something. But uh, but, it's, but it was interesting. It has a lot of, like, you know, that person's in that movie. Uh, you know, interesting. Uh, so it was kind of funny. I, I'd recommend it. It's at least worth the rental. And um, tell me it's better than Reno 911 go to Miami or whatever. I didn't see the oh. Miami Reno 911. <sighs> really? Just, just saw that idea. I thought you reviewed that. No. Really a full featured movie of Reno 911 yeah. wasn't excellent. <laughs> yeah, it was great. But it did feature Brandon Mullally, friend of Fanboy Planet. Was it? it? Brandon Mullally is it has a, a small I missed the beginning. So. You're still you're still young Brandon, you can recover from that. He was in uh, Balls of Fury as well, and Sharp Eyed Lawn saw him, realized it was him before I did. It was, you know, so as I was crying, as you cried through Balls of Fury, sharp in your vision. Oh. Apparently, every movie I go to, Derek says I cried in it. So uh, you know, yeah, I cried through it. Yeah, well, it was bad popcorn that time. Mm, uh, you know, but uh, you know, when you watch Pushing Daisies, did you watch Pushing Daisies at the Comic Con premiere? No, I saw it on TV. You did okay. the pilot. And which they're saying, and of course, this year, a, a, the specter has risen as a result of the Writers Guild Ooh. that we won't have any TV previews, which have been one of the huge selling points oh, at, at Comic-Con, at Comic-Con mm. because there'll be no TV. There'll be nothing to sell. Come on, they can settle it this week. 
and shoot it. And Do you think they'll try to settle it before the Oscars? <laughs> I don't happen. know. I don't know. I mean, don't ruin Comic-Con writer's strike. Come on. Although, on the other hand, if there's not, you know, it might be a lot easier to move around on the floor. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. not as many people are going to go. Yeah. Uh, but, and the smell it might, might just be, be about comics. Except, no, all the unwashed Come people on. will still be going. So that's oh. the problem. But. Uh, what yeah. else are they going to do? Well, they have to settle the – if they do uh, make a settlement to keep the Oscars going, I mean, they got to do that within the next two, three weeks. And I just don't think that's going to happen. Mm. Mm. Uh, well, th- didn't they just – United Artists just reached a, an agreement yes. with the writers. Who would have thought Tom Cruise, the voice of reason? Yeah, well, he's an actor and his and – his, uh, He's got the power of Scientology, up. my friend. He, he can does. make stuff happen. He could bend spoons. He settled. With his mind. He set, made an individual settlement uh, with the Writers Guild for United Artists, a production company he now runs. And the first thing he did was he write. Runs it. He he runs United Artists. I did Artists not know that. With Paula Wagner, his producing partner. Wow. They were put in charge of United Artists. Wow. And so far, the only movie they had released was Lions for Lambs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks. That's the guy I felt. I agreed with the politics of that movie and went. Uh, you know, it was just unenthrallingly done. But they bought a script by Paul Haggis. I know one of your favorites. Haggis! I Not a big Haggis fan. No, I know. But, you know, that was another uh, casting news. The woman from Hitman that was oh, not the... Uh, sorry, I saw that there. Yeah, is now the... is going to be the the Bond villainess in Bond 22, which is still oh, also yeah. written by Paul Haggis. Oh, interesting. Haggis! Haggis! Have you given her a name yet? Uh, they did, and I just came over because they're, they're not characters. Is it like Crumbs a lot or something, or uh, uh, they no. announced two women, one of which is one of the spy, uh, one of the good girl spies. And yeah, the ones like and six, they, but they don't have classical. Her name is Sloppy Kiss. They don't have, mm. yeah, they don't have classic Bond naming. That's and, lame. And because I mean, they're so out of titles now. I mean, it's it's called currently Bond Twenty Two. <laughs> yeah. That's the caliber of the MI6 female agent's gun. Well, I there guess. are a lot of there are actually a lot of uh, approved novels that have been written by people other than Ian Fleming. And I don't know. So if great fan. We're going to get no a fan film. No one no, no, Icebreaker. These are ones. Icebreaker. Yeah. No. There's Fleming uh, household. A, a state did, Fleming. did license several. Uh, uh, Benson wrote a whole bunch services. of them, and uh, and Gardner. Robert Gill? John Gardner. Gardner and Kingsley Amos wrote one called Colonel Son. Yes, I read that one. Yeah. So, I mean, not a, lot a lot of people, them. Not a lot and of they, they all have very bond. I, I love his chicken. Yeah. Uh, it's it's great. Uh, so, actually, Colonel Sun's a really good novel. It'd mm-hmm. be interesting. But I, I don't think you could do what is essentially a communist Chinese villain now. No, no. It, but Benson's novels are very, are very up to date and very good. So I, yeah, I stopped reading after the Gardner ones. I haven't read any of the Benson the novels. The Gardner ones weren't very good. Benson, so. ones, Benson, ones. Benson was Benson actually got his start doing James Bond role playing game um, uh, mission guides and uh, locale guides. And James Bond Junior. Uh, did he? No, I don't. I don't know. think so. But but, uh, but then he wrote the James Bond Bedside Companion, and then he started writing the novels. I'm sorry. There's a Bedside Companion. There's a James I Bond actually, Bedside I think Companion. I do there's actually the. a second. I mean, edition. of course you do. But there's a James <laughs> Bond Bedside Companion. Indeed. <laughs> so this they is, just make this is why I like hanging out with Rick. It's like anything I go. I have that. Rick has the first printing autographed <laughs> and uh, the limited edition version of it. And I go, I actually, you are such a bigger geek than I am. I envy you so much. I've actually a friend of mine is you very also good have friends. a successful com- career that allows you to afford these things. A very good friend of mine is uh, is, <laughs> Sorry, is, is very close friends with with Benson, and I've hung out with him and drunk with him. And he signed all my books and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not. He's no longer the guy. Actually, there's a new series. There's a James Bond Junior series, uh, Silverfin, and I forgot what the other one is. 
Um, well, there was a James Bond Jr. cartoon in the no, 90s. This is, a new, this is a new one written for teens. It's Bond as a young uh, young boy at school. Ah, uh, because they realized you got to Harry Potterize everything. Yeah. That's yeah. why Disney has like, a line of... And they got uh, young Q. There's <laughs> a line of young Jack Sparrow novels as well. Oh, so really? wait, yeah. Bond babies. So who does James Bond, like, Bond lay down babies. when he's John, James Bond Jr.? I don't think he really does. Oh, well, that takes all the fun out of he James Bond. Yeah. He gets a That's kiss. stupid. You know, the My James is- Bond is a whore. Right. And, um, you know, at the end he gets to feel someone up in the shadows. <laughs> so, anyway. And on that, that note, <laughs> we're fearful for Comic-Con, but we're still going to try. And, of course, in a month we've got WonderCon. We'll be doing some coverage there. What are the dates for WonderCon? I don't know. Oh, come on. You knew I was going to ask. February 22nd and 23rd? I think. Okay. I think maybe. February 22nd and 23rd. Okay. Uh, and I guess we should get us registered and get ourselves up you there. You should. I should. There you okay, go. That's all my That's job, one I it? attend. Because <laughs> you don't have to go far. I mm-hmm. understand. I understand. Oh, it's a day I get to take off. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's it. Please, writers, settle so we can have something Come to on, talk writers. about. I want more Chuck. I want more Reaper. Although really, there are really producers settle. Producers. There are yeah. still two episodes left of Reaper to be shown, and I'm, I'm just dying for them. Uh, you know, I mean, don't make us turn to the BBC. We're going to anyway because Torchwood's starting soon. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, come on, people, come on. So you know, there's plenty of good stuff on cable access. I hear. So might want to you know check that. You out. You might want to check out more on Life.com. But if you're one of our uh, listeners in some place other than San Jose, you might have a little trouble. It'll be on the web. More on Life.com. We're going to be yeah. launching the same day. No, this day. is true. I, it'll be interesting to see if. So maybe- that'd be available on some website. Where would that be? www.moronlife.com. Okay. And this may be a consequence of the writers. A lot of these web series may just suddenly take off because we got time to watch them. And you could be there at the beginning. I was already there at the beginning. He was. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the listeners. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I, we lose track. Your eyes met. You were looking very longingly into Lon's eyes. Yeah, I felt the that stare. Was very supportive. I felt the stare. I've seen that look in Goodson's eyes towards me, so I know it. I know these it when I see eyes. Anyway, so that's it for this week. We'll see what happens. If you have any comments, complaints, questions, please fill up our viewer mailbox. How many weeks in a row have we said, let's check the email box? And And we're going to check it every week until we get an email. We're going to waste five minutes of podcast time each and every time you don't write. And only you can change that situation. Great way to keep the captive audience (laughs) enthralled. (laughs) So write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. It's marked for Letterman. Editor at fanboyplanet.com. You, my friend, are no David Letterman. I'm not. No, No. I'm not. True. You had the beard last year. I did. So uh, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. Goodson out. Uh, I am Lon Lopez, and I love you. Rick Brett Snyder shutting down the lights. Remember, use your powers only for good. Good. Son. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Move the microphone closer to the I will move. Table. Like, all right. It's not a great chair for you.
I'm sorry. You're tending to lean back. Lon gave it to me, and I just... Oh, I did. <laughs> I did give it to him. Yes. In the same way that your ancestors gave us this land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. My Your people called it maize. Oh, sorry. sorry about that. There. Yeah. Anything on the DC? Oh, young, you bought Youngblood number ones. No, I did not buy Youngblood. I was like, I most certainly did not. Uh-huh. Fool me five times, shame on my entire <laughs> ancestry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you lose your ability to ever hold your head upright again. Uh, yeah. They haven't revealed Sammy Jackson's one, though, has he? No, not yet. Sammy. Uh. Yeah, the whole rat oh, back here. Oh, the sunrise. <laughs> Sprinkle it with you. <sighs> All right. Uh, I've already been told I can't do black. <laughs> you took a wedding vow that said you couldn't? <laughs> no. Lon told me. <laughs> like the worst. Uh, last, last oh, what did you do? You're going to take criticism from Lon? I, I mean, did Richard Pryor. Oh, that's right. The whitest Richard Pryor. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> That was funny, though. Okay. It was. Did you put that in the outtakes? I don't remember. You Dang just it. go at Yeah, I didn't get a chance. No, really, to, I think... Uh, I downloaded Sam, it, but didn't have a chance to listen today. Sammy so. Davis Jr. as uh, General Fury is pretty funny, too. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Hi, Bab. Hi, Bab. Stark, babe. Your country needs you. <laughs> Chaconk. Chaconk. Especially if it's Billy Crystal they get for it. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> does he not do the best uh, Sammy Davis He does. Yeah. He does. He For the benefit of the court, please explain ashen. As in, turn to ash. Oh, okay, thank you. The defense rests. <laughs> no, uh, that was an old Strange Brew reference. Nobody but anyway... Anybody seen... Yeah. You guys yes. ever seen Strange Brew? I all, have, but I, don't, I can't make references. Remember that part it? where he's all, oh, well, it, it can't... It, <laughs> Just not, because I don't know what it is yeah, doesn't mean doesn't I'm lying. Doesn't mean I'm lying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For the benefit of the court, please explain time code. Uh, I see. That was a really oblique. And you got it, huh? I'm going to oh. make a deal with Mephisto to erase the last five minutes of this podcast. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm with you, baby. We'll do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to whisper something in Mephisto's ear in case we need an out uh, later. No more mutants. 